So last week we started the new series, From This Day Forward, Pursuing Faith in Family Life. And we can't go backwards in that relationship. Wish you can back it up, but you can't. But you can move forward. You've heard that in the vows, haven't you? From this day forward. Last week we kicked off the series and Sadiq, Pastor Sadiq, gave us the introductory uh, piece. I asked him to preach, and, um, but he decided since it's on marriage, he invited Tashia to inv uh, up on stage with him. If you didn't get this uh, in here for that message, you can catch it online, and uh, it would be a good one for you to have. And they spoke to the issue of marriage itself, which is to have and to hold. And you know the phrase, from this day forward, the name of our series. And by the way, Craig Groeschel, pastor in Oklahoma, actually wrote a book, From This Day Forward, with the, the five things of, about a marriage. It's a great book. Um, we're not following that in the series, but it's a great read on the side. And, um, but they did To Have and To Hold, and in this, from this day forward, today what I want to talk to you about is, you know that phrase in the, in the wedding vow that says, for better or for worse? Remember this phrase? Have you ever been to a, a wedding where they've said that? I, I promise to love you from this day forward for better or for worse. And in rehearsal, oftentimes I'll say, hopefully for the better. And they go, ha, <laughs> uh, uh. Yeah, because no one marries for the worse. Like, no matter what, no matter how nasty you get, I'm staying with you. Nobody, no. We always want our best for the better. So I decided to entitle this one, For Better or Even Better Yet. In other words, this could be better, but we'll make it even better yet. Um, since Sadiq was on duty last weekend, Wanda and I got to sneak away for the day. We went down to South Point uh, in Leonardtown, which is a church in Leonardtown. It meets at Leonardtown High School. It's a church that we actually planted a number of years ago. Matt Hall's the pastor there, and we, we took great delight in that. And then Wanda took me out to lunch. What a deal, huh? What a lady. For better or for better, yet. Yeah. And since she... She picked the place. She, you know, I said, I need to do something. She said, yeah, you, you could pay the bill. So, okay. <laughs> and here's the therapy. Are you ready for it? This is your marriage service. This will save you a year of therapy. It's, guys, it goes like this. Yes, dear. Okay. I, I love Ken Davis. He, as he ages, he says, my wife and I have fights now all over one word. What? What? Yesterday I tried that on Wanda at the house. What? And she started doing it back to me. What? Like that. I can hardly wait to go deaf. And she went, what? <laughs> Stop it, honey. It's not funny anymore. It's only funny when I do it. So. From, to have and to hold from this day forward for better or for even better yet. If you have a Bible, go with me to 1 Peter 3. I want to unpack some verses for you, but you have message notes inserted in your bulletin. You want to grab those because I'm going to be in some other passages as well. But your, your Bible should be open to 1 Peter 3. I'm reminded of the words of Lamentations. Lamentations is not a, 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 a Bible book that we always go to. It's the story, and it's really the lamenting of Jeremiah when the country's being bludgeoned, people are being drug away into captivity, and people are being left. They don't even want them on the side. And he's lamenting. That's why you get the word Lamentations. And Jeremiah wrote it this way, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. He goes, every day seems nasty. He says, I remember them and my soul is so downcast within me. He says, I was just depressed. I had to look up to see the bottom. And he says, yet I call to mind and therefore I have hope. 
Jeremiah says. Therefore I have looked. Why? Because of the Lord's great love, he's not consumed us. For his compassions, they never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. I have hope. And you see why he has hope? Because of the Lord's great love. That's why I'm not consumed. It isn't about the circumstances. It's about our hope in the Lord. We are not consumed. Therefore, the Lord God of heaven is in, when he's in this, get this concept. If he's in this, our hope is not aimed at some human accomplishment. Our hope is in the solid rock, the confidence that God is in this for our good. And that, that translates, that hope translates into joy. And that's what I want to talk about today having a better marriage and better marriage and better relationships in general. Why? Because I have this hope that's in the Lord, which translates to joy, and joy can be life-giving. You've been around people who are life-draining, right? Or life-dreading. You've been around people who are a breath of fresh air, too, and you have to choose to bring that to the relationship. Even in the earliest days of human history, God says, I want you to enjoy life all the way back in the early pages of the Old Testament, Deuteronomy chapter 6, uh, God is telling us, I want you to enjoy the life that, he, that I'm giving to you. He says, I'm going to give you the decrees and the, and the commandments. This is the restatement of the law, Deuteronomy 6. And he goes, that the Lord God's given to you, and you're going to observe them when you go across the Jordan. You're going to go into the promised land. And that these are going to be for your children and your children's children after them, that they fear the Lord. So it's got to be Lord, uh, it's got to be God-directed, and it has to be I have to be submitting my life to the Lord for as long as you live by keeping the decrees and the commandments. And then when you do that, so you'll, in, how's that verse end? So you will enjoy a long life. Your life will go better, but it will be more enjoyable. Why? If you just listen to what I'm saying, God wants us to enjoy a good life. I'm reminded of Ecclesiastes chapter nine. It happens again, not just a good life, but a good partners. Enjoy Ecclesiastes 9.9, 9, the, enjoy the life, of your, uh, life with your wife, whom you love all the days. And he, this is a depressed guy who's rich but depressed. He goes, enjoy your wife all the days that you have her, even though life is meaningless, even though life is burdensome, even though life is a contradiction and conflicted, it is meaningless days, and yet, even in the midst of that, he says, I want you to enjoy enjoy the wife that God gives to you. I find it interesting that the Gungers have landed on something with that marriage conference, and it's called Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage. In other words, stop trying to be so serious with your marriage. Just laugh and, and, and lighten up a bit. Lighten up and just enjoy. Enjoy the relationship. Okay, let me keep reading. Um, from, from Ephesians, children obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so it may go well with you, and you will live, and here he is, he's, he's re-quoting, restating Old Testament now, that you'll enjoy a long life on the earth, Ephesians chapter six. Life-giving relationships, let me tell you, it, this is good for not only your, your own life, but it's good for your, the partner that God gives to you, and the, the children that you are blessed to have, okay? So you can enjoy life. And by the way, some people say, well, I, I can't be joyful. Why? Because I'm not married. I'm waiting. I, I, want, I want to have um, 
a guy in my life, a girl would say this, I want a guy in my life and I love him because he completes me. And the answer to that is no. No, you were a whole number before you met him. You were fine. I don't know if he was fine, but you were fine before you met him. Um, if you build your dependency upon him, then he becomes first place. You know what the Bible calls that? Idolatry. Idolatry. So it isn't that he completes you. He may actually, if he has first place, he actually may be a distraction to you. And what, and what that becomes is then you begin to idolize him. And eventually that idol will fall and then you'll be crushed. Well, well it's going to be his fault. No, it's your fault because you made an idol of him. I, uh, I want to tell you a story. I got permission to tell this story. I met this couple. They attended here 13 years ago. And uh, we're standing right at the back doors after church. And uh, I said, well, tell me about yourself. Tell me about your family. And they attended here for a long time. They were key players at the church. Um, great couple. Good Christian couple. And, um, and I said, well, tell me how you met him and to the wife. And she gets starry-eyed. goes, oh, you know, we did this and we did that. And, she's, and, and she, they've kind of moved backwards in time. They tell us about their children and then about how they started dating and I don't know how it came up, but I, something came out of some effect of, I, I don't quote me on this, but it just came out was, so how did you know he was the one? And she went from starry-eyed to glazy, starry, twinkly-eyed. And she said, um, well, he took me out and he said, um, I, I want to read it. He says, I want, I want you to be second. He said, I really like you but I want you to be second in my life. <laughs> this guy got a mama issue or what? I mean, I'm trying to figure out what, what's going on here. <laughs> and you know what he was saying to her? Jesus is number one, but I'll have you as number two. If you'll take me, I'd like you to slip into that. Well, that's pretty high, wouldn't you say? She said, I knew then. I knew then. And they've been married, I think, 50 years now. Isn't that cool? That is so cool. But if you have that person as number one, do you know what's going to happen? Eventually they will let you down. Eventually you'll be crushed. Eventually that idol, you realize, isn't worth the idolatry, and it crashes. Don't put that pressure on that person. Instead, enjoy the life that God gives to you. And don't allow the other person to determine your joy. Get your joy from the Lord. And when that happens, every day make the choice. Every day make the choice. I'm going to enjoy this, but I'm going to put the amount of work it takes to enjoy it. Um, uh, you, if you have a fireplace at your house, you know, a fireplace is a wonderful thing, but it does take some work, right? You have to get wood. And they say that um, a fireplace warms you three times. Once when you cut the tree down, <laughs> right? Once when you burn it, and then once when you carry the ashes out or something. I don't know. But, but it does take some tending. But nothing's better than building a great fire and uh, having it warm. I mean, the house is warm already, but then when you warm it, then it's cozier. And then you put on a little berry white, make a little hot cocoa, and there we go. 
Okay. Yeah, hopefully that gets cut from the uh, video piece. I'm not really sure. I didn't call Barry for, for permission to use his name, but anyway. But after a while, that fire goes down. Have you noticed this? So then someone has to get up and put another log on, but then, then eventually you run out of logs. Someone has to go outside out back and get a bucket or we have a wrap, we have a leather strap wrap. To, and, then, um, and then one time I carried logs in and uh, it was snowing and there was snow and then I tromped it and then some uh, sawdust fell as I clunked through and then I had a trail. Dave, you could tell where Dave was because Dave left a trail, you know. And there's more work and it's not as romantic, right? It, and then you get there and by the time you're steamed because you, you have to build a fire, you know, and, and the point is it does take some work. It doesn't take a ton of work and you have to clean up afterwards, but, but it's well worth it, isn't it? I think of that particularly when I was a kid, um, we had a fireplace and my dad built these great fires where you have to tend them. By the way, there are people who pick at a fire. Do you know what I mean by that? Are you married to a fire picker? Someone just goes up and just jabs it and then makes it worse. Like I wanted to see more logs so I separated them. Don't do that. That makes the fire go out. Keep the logs together. You ever had this where I wanted to move it closer to me? Yeah, now you're going to smoke the house. Yeah, I want the fire four inches closer. Okay, now we can't breathe. And I can see you, mostly, but it's smoky. Just leave the fire to the back. Some of you are writing all this down like you never knew all this. Um, but some people are just pickers with the fire, and they, and they pick at it. Some marriages are that way, just picking. So you don't enjoy the fire. Just enjoy the fire. Do what you need to do. Only do enough to stoke the fire. This is deep, people. I'm telling you. This is good, because if you'll take this analogy... It will help you. And, the, and I'm telling you, I, I have the other side of this, and it's coming in just a moment. But if you will invest enough to stoke the fire, split the wood. And in fact, when I want a really good fire, and I don't want to have to start it over again once I'm down in the chair and I'm sitting holding my bride's hand and we're watching the fire, I don't want to get up again. I'll go out to the garage, and I will split store-bought kindling. I mean, I'll, I'll take old scraps from a wood project, wood that I bought, kill dried ooh, for me, and I'm a cheap guy, so it's, I will take killing in to make sure that fire starts. If you'll do that kind of investment, then almost always, boom, my gosh, you're good at building a fire. <laughs> That's what I do, baby. <laughs> okay, now, the other side of this is this. When I was a kid, I walked in a guy's house he had a really clean fireplace. No work at all. And he had these plastic logs that were like translucent plastic and it had a light bulb behind it with a little wheel that turned and it went and I go, what is that? He goes, that's our fireplace. That's, that's, that ain't no fireplace. Sorry about the double negatives, but that is no fireplace. It, and it was predictable what it did. It did the same thing every four seconds, right? It's predictable. There's no joy to that. There's nothing mysterious about that. Every fire I've ever built that's a real fire is every fire's different. You ever notice that? Every fire puts off, and you know that red oak puts off different than walnut, different heat, different light. And if you want a sparking fire, put on some pine, just a little bit. 
Not a lot, because you, you can't put a lot of tar up, this, up the chimney. You don't want to do that. But just put a little bit of pine in, and then make sure you chase it with some oak to burn it off and get it out of there. But every fire is a little different. But if you do the predictable, that's going to be the boring nature of your life. This is an analogy for your life and your marriage and your family and everything else. Just heard this from another pastor uh, recently who just wrote about, about this. And he, he, he saw it in a post. And it was, uh, the husband comes home, there's a note on the door. And it says, uh, Hi, honey, welcome home, and here's a Nerf gun I'm hiding. Uh, who, whoever gets the other uh, gets to make dinner. She was hiding in the house with a Nerf gun, and she had a Nerf gun for him, and that's the way she welcomed him home. Just add a little spark to the fire. Okay. Should I close in prayer now? Is it good? Okay, I have more to do. So how do you do this? Well, I want to give you three kind of layers because you are in, in your own person. You are, First Thessalonians says, God will sanctify you through and through body, soul, and spirit. I want to talk about the three aspects of who you are. Um, and your marriage, your relationships can be better, first of all, emotionally. Uh, your emotions need to be fed. Um, and th those emotions, when you feed them, you, you feed the other person, take care of that person, nurture it like a fire. If you nurture it and tend to it, it'll be a beautiful thing. Now, you're in 1 Peter 3. Uh, this is actually a passage about husbands and wives. And um, I, I have it on, the, on PowerPoint, verses 8 and 9. But I want to back up with you. If you have a Bible, look down at verse 1. Wives, in the same way, submit to your husbands to the Lord, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they will be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. Submit out of reverence, not, not just to them, out of reverence to God. Get this. So your beauty should come not from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles. It's not that you shouldn't take care of yourself, but no matter how beautiful you are, he's saying, the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes, but rather it should be of your inner self. Have you ever met a person who is like gorgeous and yet they're a snob? Do you know what I'm talking about? That to me is ugly. Is that ugly to you? I, I don't like that. So... So no matter how beautiful you are, and you do need to take care of yourself, but when you are done taking care of yourself, make sure your inner soul is even better taken care of, of, of a gentle and quiet spirit. See it in the middle of verse 4? Of unfading beauty and, and a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. This is a, a piece of beauty to the Lord. Why? Because this is the way the women, the holy women of the past lived. They adorned themselves, they submitted themselves to their own husbands. So this answers the whole question of, do women submit to all men? The answer is no. The answer is to your husband, because you chose that, okay? And you need to keep reading with me. Like Sarah obeyed Abraham and called him Lord, and you are daughters, you do what is right, and do not give way to fear. What, what, the biggest issue you're going to have, ladies, is going to be, I'm scared, he won't. Um, he won't, and then you just fill in the blank. I'm scared he will blank. Okay? And that's why the passage doesn't end here. But the biggest issue you have to come overcome is that of fear. And guys, let me tell you, if you had a lady who you knew had inner beauty, you would treat her like, well, here we go. 
Keep reading. Husbands, in the same way, can live in a considerate way with your wives and treat them with respect. What's he, he isn't saying lord it over them. What's he saying? Be considerate with your wife. Think about it from her perspective. And with respect, as a weaker partner, in other words, precious, precious partner, is this is talking about China. Actually, it's, the Greek here is actually re referring to a, a, a precious vase is really the word picture the ancient language is giving to us. As heirs of the gracious life that God gives to you so, so that nothing will hinder your prayers. So he's, he's kind of saying, okay, guys, um, you cherish your wife, you honor your wife, you respect your wife, and you, you treat her like she's of high value. Why? Because she is. Don't forget, she's one of my daughters, okay? She's one of my daughters. Now, having said all of that, then he says, verse eight, finally, all of you, married or not, husband, wife, I don't care, young, old, in between, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. Wow. Okay, so care for her emotionally. And, and ladies, your fear will be, I, I, I'm not sure he's going to, or I am confident he will. And this is why, guys, because we don't, because we don't follow through, then you get a wife who reminds you, and then you don't say, oh, I'm so grateful she reminds me. You say, oh, what a nag. You understand? But the nag came on because you didn't remember, because you weren't, verse seven, considerate. So when she nags, I may have brought that on. Does that make sense? When she reminds, 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 she's doing that because she wants the marriage to succeed, and then you, uh, you address that as, boy, she just doesn't stop. No, I need to be more considerate. And I need to live with my wife thinking more highly of her than I do myself. Remember, uh, Dr. Howard Hendricks, professor at Dallas Seminary, would talk about this. He said he had a guy come in his office, a student in the seminary, and said, I need to drop out of school. I said, why? He said, well, I love my wife. I love her too much. <laughs> Hendricks said, what? I love her too much. Hendricks opens his Bible to Ephesians 5. Husbands, love your wives like Christ loves the church and gave himself for it. If he died for your wife, well, no. Well, you don't love her enough. <laughs> Get back to class. <laughs> Be compassionate. Be compassionate. Have a little heart. Um, uh, when, when I say this, I know that I'm on very thin ice. You may be saying to yourself right now, I would be compassionate with my husband or kind-hearted with my wife or whatever, but he's not a believer. She's not a believer. And you know what? This text covers that. Peter's saying, it doesn't matter. You bless them. Yeah, but they're not a believer. Bless them anyway. Find out what you do have in common. And don't try to fix them. Try to enjoy them. Find out what, what it is that drew you to them. Bring the best out of them. And you be the best Jesus in that relationship. I, I once heard of a lady who, um, 
who attended church for, for years, and every week she would um, put on the prayer list, and she would go to this prayer meeting, and she'd say, oh, pray for my husband. He's a good-for-nothing, lazy bum, reprobate. He needs Jesus. And they okay. They would write this to pray for him every week. Went on for years. And one day he decided, hey, I'm going to go to church with you. He goes to church with her, and after several months of investigating Christianity himself, he turns to Christ. And a year later, they got divorced. And do you know why? Because she didn't have a project anymore. And because he got into her turf and said, oh, this is how it works. Well, why aren't you? <laughs> Whoops. Because she didn't have a project. Um, don't make your spouse your project. Enjoy the spouse that you do have. Bring the best out of them. And you may be saying to yourself right now, and this happens, this is, I'm telling you, this is, this is where it is. You'll walk in my office and you'll say, uh, but my kids will ask, well, daddy doesn't trust Jesus. And so what are we going to do? Will he go to heaven? And then that's when you respond as a good mom to your children. Well, daddy doesn't trust Jesus yet, but it'll come. It'll happen. We'll just keep living for Jesus. We'll keep praying, but we're going to love him and enjoy him. And I'm going to be the best wife or you'll be the best husband, whatever it is in the relationship. Be the best we can be in that relationship. So emotionally support. Secondly, enjoy the relationship physically. There is an art to this. Proverbs chapter 5. May your fountain be blessed. May you rejoice in the wife of your youth. This is obviously to guys. Um, in the Old Testament, Hebrew is oftentimes the guys were described as a, a fountain and uh, the ladies were described as a well, sometimes as a deer. And this is in the passage of deer. So may your fountain be blessed. May you rejoice in the wife of your youth. So stay at it. A loving doe, a graceful deer. May her breast satisfy you always. May you ever be intoxicated with her love. So rejoice that the, the spouse of the Lord did give to you. And you're saying, but this is not the one I'd hoped for. It, it, and the answer to that is, yes, what you hope for. And let me tell you, honestly, sometimes when I hear what people hope for, I'm thinking, you watch too many daytime soap shows. That is not reality, Right? Men do not come home from work clean-shaven with flowers in their hands every night. And that's what shows on TV. And that's what you think is normal. That is not normal. The word picture here is, is very curious to me, too. Um, the women are described as, as graceful deer. Guys, you don't just run into the woods screaming, looking for deer. If you do, you... You're going to have a nice walk in the woods all by yourself. The deer will be gone. Think that one through, guys. You have to be careful. So may your, may your relationship, I love this, may you be intoxicated. The idea of this is may it flow through you in every part of your life. May every part of your thinking, your home life, everything that you do, may you just be taken by the relationship that you have, and may you do this together as one. And then, so it's, it's emotionally, it's physically, but thirdly, it's spiritually as well. Nothing bonds you quite like this. Hebrews chapter three. Therefore, 
holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. In verse 4, for every house built is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything, of everything. So you are, you are holy partners in this. God designed the two of you to make a difference. So serve together, uh, love each other together, but then find a way to work out these values together. I, um, I've heard of couples that go on a date just to serve in, in a place and then go out for dinner afterwards. You have some way of not only making the community a better place, but then enjoying the best of each other. And um, I've seen it where couples have gone on a date and, and uh, served a widow, and then at the end of that, uh, then take that widow to dinner. And what a treat. And what that does, let me tell you what that does spiritually, it melts your heart, but it tells, it tells your spouse, guys, listen to me carefully, it tells your spouse how you'll treat her when she's elderly, and it tells your children how to treat you when you get old, okay? And if you're saying right now, you know, we're not going to treat grandma very well, then that's what your kids will know as normal. But when you honor that legacy, then they tend to be more honorable themselves. So it's, it's emotional and it's physical, but it's spiritual. So what's the point? The point is enjoy the relationships that you do have. Just enjoy them. Don't work on them enough to keep the, the fire going. Stoke them up, to, don't pick at them. Don't, don't make that the focus all the time. The driving focus is working on what's wrong with it. No, take moments to enjoy it. In fact, you need to enjoy it more than you actually work on it. And, and I'll, I'll leave you with these two phrases. They're really simple. Um, choices lead. When you make the right choices, when you stoke the fire and split the wood, do that, and then the feelings follow. But what will follow is the long memory of those feelings too. And then that makes the next choices a little easier. Does that make sense? Because you have the memory of the great feelings. And remember this, if you get nothing else out of the message, God designed you not only to enjoy each other, but to enjoy him in the midst of this. He is the one in heaven who invented uh, all the relationship. So don't, don't be surprised. God is not surprised at this. He wants you to enjoy each other as a bit of, of a glimpse of enjoying him, which brings to him glory. All right, let's bow together for prayer. Serious business, Lord. This is so sensitive and so hard at times to not only uh, to speak, but then to hear. Um, so, Lord, for the word that is helpful to people and building to the faith, may that be what sticks and what is a distraction, Lord. May it fall away. For we don't want to miss out on the whole big idea that you want these relationships to be better, not worse. Better, not worse. This week, um, I'm just going to pause in the prayer and ask you, you make the commitment before the Lord. What's the one step forward you could do? What's the one change of mind, the one attitude? 
the one event, one thing you could do this week that would stoke the flames of the relationship. Not 10 things, just one. And Father, I thank you that you love us and you want us to enjoy the life you give to us. May we do it according to your word and according to your way. Because we not only love you, but we want to follow you. We know that your design is the best. May we know that, but may we embrace it in every possible way. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.